0: all things land development, planning and property. This is Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. To find out how Ian can help you, visit propertyonfire.co.uk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Property on Fire. So what do we have coming up in today's episode? We're going to be talking about service accommodation, clubhouse, class E, leaseholds on flats and houses, the current construction of new homes, our monthly updated check on the markets if you're looking to finance your next project and much, much more. So without further ado, let's get started. But before we do, please do like, review, and subscribe to this podcast and come with me on this property journey. Let me start by apologizing for the lack of an episode last week. I know many of you subscribe to Property On Fire and will probably have been a little bit surprised not to have seen an episode last Tuesday. But there was a very good reason for that. Oh, and another apology. In the last episode, I referred to tier five. Now that was recorded before Boris announced that tier five existed. So I guess you've got me to blame for all this and I do apologize for that. So I'm not going to mention tier six, tier 7, 8, 9, 10 at all today. So I think I've got away with that. I'm going to start this week by diving into the news from around the property world in the last week or so. First of all, grants for serviced accommodation. Now if you run the serviced accommodation unit or units and you are currently closed with the lockdown, then why not check to see if you can claim a grant. You can claim for this via your local authority. Now, initially, this was just for business rates only, but we are now seeing several local authorities open this up to service accommodation providers who are no longer registered or aren't registered for business rates. So it is worth checking locally. Now, it's worth applying as you do not need to pay this back unlike other monies that the government has given out over the last few months. Now, if you're looking to actually claim this grant from your local authority, then simply do a search on Google, enter the name of your local authority, and then after it, put hospitality grants. Now, if you do a search for service accommodation against your local local authority, you'll probably come up with not a lot of useful links. And that is because most local authorities actually refer to it as a holiday let rather than service accommodation, as you and I probably know it as. Now, that doesn't really matter, as I can assure you, you will qualify if you are closed and you run an accommodation business. Now, if you are on business rates, then you can claim up to £4,000 as a grant if you have a rateable value of up to £15,000, which, to be honest, will probably cover the majority of people listening to this podcast who actually run service accommodation. If you're not actually on business rates, then perhaps it might be worth your while considering moving over from council tax, as currently all accommodation is zero rated. So how do you actually move to business rates if you are interested? Well, simply call up the council tax helpline at your local authority and tell them that you wish to change to business rates. They'll make a note and then we'll pass you on to the business rates team will do the changeover for you but as with anything double check on the relevant rates to see which is better for you the voa or valuation office agency will actually determine the rateable value for your business and that serves accommodation so i hope that's useful for anyone that has a closed service accommodation unit currently right moving on to class e now back in episode six I spoke about the consultation where the government is proposing to allow conversion from any use within the new use class e to residential and as part of this proposal they released a consultation doc document and a survey that is open for anyone to actually fill in and give their views on the proposals however this consultation and the survey actually close on January 28th, so at the time of this episode going out, you only have a few days left to actually voice your comments, your thoughts and hope, hopefully your support for these alterations. These changes ought to come about in the next General Permitted Development Order that is due for release in July of 2021. I have put a link to the consultation paper and the survey in today's show notes and also a direct link to show 6 if you want to go back and listen to that episode. Or, of course, you can just scroll back in your favourite app. And don't forget, we are on 35 different platforms. For those of you who do not actually know what Use Class E is, or perhaps could just do it with a reminder, it was introduced in September 2020, and contains the following uses and they are shops, cafes, restaurants, banks, estate agents, gyms, indoor sports facilities, doctors, clinics and health centres, clashes, offices and light industrial and don't forget you can actually change to any other use within use class E without any form of planning permission or even contact with a local authority as it is not development. But if you do alter the shop front, for example, or anything exterior, you may well require permission from the local authority. If you are involved in new build at all, you will probably have already registered for help to buy. And you'll probably be aware that we're getting towards the end of the 2021 scheme, which has actually been running since 2013. If anyone is actually building any properties that has helped to buy on them, you might have been aware that we had a long stop date of the 28th of February 2021. And by this date, you had to have practical completion or PC as we tend to call it. But because of this latest lockdown, this has now been pushed back to the 31st of March 2021. And so this is now the new final date by which you must have had practical completion, but also that the new residents must have legally completed on the purchase of their new home under the 2020-21 Help to Buy scheme. The new Help to Buy scheme will therefore kick off on the 1st of April 2021 for the next couple of years. But this is now restricted to first-time buyers only. I think I've mentioned Robert Jenrick several times on this podcast, Property on Fire, and this week is no exception to that. This week, it's connected with leasehold on houses and flats. This has been very controversial over the last few years, especially on houses, where several developers have put leaseholds on houses, and then residents have actually found that their Ground rent has been ballooning over a number of years and it has actually made the sale of their properties almost impossible for them. So following the Law Commission reports that came out last summer, the Housing Secretary, Robert Jenrick, has actually made a formal announcement now regarding proposed changes to the leasehold system. The problem is, there isn't an awful lot of information that was actually released. Yes, there was a nice glossy press release given out. But in reality, the fine detail wasn't there. So as a result, we do not know whether these proposals will apply to just houses or whether they will apply to flats as well. We will only have to wait and see. But there have been five headlines that have come out of this press release in regards to leaseholds. And so I'm going to go through each one of these in turn. First of all, and probably the biggest headline, was the fact that leaseholders are going to be entitled to a 990-year lease extension with zero ground rent for their property. There are also proposals for an online calculator for premiums to leasehold extensions. This ought to help anybody who is looking to get an extension on their lease and ought to help them avoid paying some ridiculous fees to actually extend that lease. Currently, you do require a formal valuation to actually get that lease extended, so we'll need to see whether that valuation is still going to be required once these changes come about. Now, Generic has also said that there will be a cap on ground rent, however... To be honest, we we have no idea what that cap may be as the press release did not give any indication to it. If you are extending a lease currently and the length of that lease is below 80 years, then as part of the premium that you pay to extend that lease, you will have what is called a marriage value. Under the new proposals, This will actually be scrapped and there will be no additional marriage value element to your lease extension. And finally, to benefit elderly people who may be living in retirement properties going forward, the government has actually said that they will be reducing ground rents to zero for all new retirement properties. The problem with all these alterations is we really do not know when they will come in. The government has said they plan to introduce it during the current parliamentary session, but at what time it will appear, we really do not know. And of course, even if they introduce it during the current Parliament, it does not mean it will become law during this Parliament, because there could well be arguments back and forth after month after month, deciding as to what is right and what is wrong as far as this is concerned. So I think we'll just have to wait and see as far as this is concerned. But if you're currently selling a property that has a lease on it, then at the moment, this isn't actually going to affect the sale of your property. Or indeed, to be honest, it's not really going to benefit you at the moment if you're buying a leasehold property either, unfortunately. However, if you do currently have a lease and you are looking to extend that lease, then you might actually decide to hold fire for the time being and wait until this becomes law because you may well actually save quite a few pounds by holding on, especially if your lease is currently below 80 years as you are going to save the usual marriage value costs for extending that lease. But will it be any cheaper for those who want to extend that are longer than 80 years? Well, I think to be honest, we're just going to have to wait and see as far as that is concerned. Now, if you actually want to see the original press release, then you can find a link to that in today's show notes. As it is the third episode of the month, and on this third episode, we always have our market update. And so I'm pleased to have with me this week Darren Dow of Acumen Finance who is going to give
1: us our regular monthly update. Welcome Darren. Hello everyone and welcome to the first Lenders Update of 2021. Today I want to start with the buy-to-let market and some recent developments within here. The first part of noteworthy news comes from Paragon Bank who have recently released a new buy-to-let product. This new product from Paragon is focused on catering to landlords who want to finance high-value purchases. It is available on loans for between £350,000 and £1 million, carrying an interest rate of around 3.60% and an APRC of around 4.30% and includes a free mortgage valuation. Now, everyone loves a good free mortgage valuation. The loan comes with a £3,500 product fee and a £299 application fee, which is fixed regardless of the amount borrowed. The launch of the approved vaccines to fight the pandemic has boosted the industry over the recent weeks, with several lenders increasing their loan-to-value ratios in the residential buy-to-let market. For example, earlier this month, Reading-based Fleet Mortgages cut prices across its five-year fixed-rate mortgage range. The buy-to-let specialist lender has cut rates on their 60% LTV products from 3.54% to 3.49%, with a rental calculation of 125% at 5.5%. In December as well, Land Bay raised its LTVs from 75% to 80% on two buy-to-let products taking its LTV ratios back to what its pre-lockdown levels were, which is an encouraging sign for everyone. Another point worth note is Accord Mortgages has issued 15 new products ranging from 75% LTV options all the way up to 90% LTV options. It also has cut some rates. For purchases and remortgages, new products including a 75% LTV three-year fixed at 1.98% with a £500 cashback and a 90% LTV three-year fixed at 3.74% with a £750 cashback and both products again include a free valuation. Accord also released a new product for remortgages only. The lenders new product includes an 80% LTV five year fix at 2.53% with a 250 pound cash back and free legals and valuation. Now we compare that to even as late as November of last year for anything related to 80% LTV, you were talking four to 5%. So it's a definite reduction in rates. On the 16th of December, the mortgage works announced that it will be increasing its rates on a wide range of its buy-to-let deals, specifically on products for new customers for purchases and remortgages. Also in December, TSB announced it will be reintroducing its residential and buy-to-let products. In its buy-to-let sector, TSB is reintroducing its two-year fixed home purchase and remortgage products up to 75% LTV. Some recent developments within this sector as well is that the eviction ban has been extended until February of 2021 and the government has made moves ahead with the leasehold reforms. The general optimism around the buy-to-let market is very positive. Analysis from right move suggests that house prices are to rise by four percent in 2021 as housing priorities stay high on people's life agendas unsurprisingly it's also noted that q1 of 2021 will be particularly busy after it's highlighted a current logjam of around 650,000 properties waiting to change hands as we move into q2 activity within this quarter is somewhat anticipated to be a little bit slower However, despite this, ongoing demand and availability of highly competitive mortgage rates were cited as the key components in helping to support continued but somewhat modest growth within this quarter. Rightmove has said that a lot of uncertainty still remain in 2021, housing needs and a fresh start mentality suggest that the market will continue to outperform. As shown by the 53% more prospective buyers contacting estate agents than even this time a year ago. In terms of positive news for landlords, according to data collected by Hamptons, landlords made up 15% of all the agreed sales in November, the highest figure for four years. Investors were said to have bought around 134,000 homes in 2020, up from the 133,000 bought in 2019. I feel that is enough around the buy to let market, so let's move on to bridging. The biggest announcement around bridging comes from Shawbrook Bank, who have simplified its bridging loan range in a move which has involved making significant monthly cuts. The specialist lender announced that its revised pricing would apply across all its bridging products, including both regulated and unregulated loans, and meant rates now starting as low as 0.5%. The most significant rate cuts applied to regulated transactions but many unregulated rates were also reduced including heavy refurbishment on buy to let and semi-commercial properties up to 75 percent loan to value in addition to its rate reduction the ltv bands have been standardized across the range with the change signaling their appetite to support the bridging market moving forward into 2021 and in particular customer to take advantage of the stamp duty holiday. On the subject of Shawbrook Bank, they helped assist in the launching of a new bridging finance lender. Halifax-based Momentum Finance, which specializes in providing asset-based bridging and development finance facilities, has grown its loan book rapidly since inception three months ago. Now thanks to the revolving credit facility from Shawboot Bank, Momentum is accelerating its growth plans ahead of 2021. Having another potential bridging lender helps to increase the competition within the market. Despite a very busy end to 2020 for a lot of bridging lenders, there's not been a lot of announcements or news relating to this market, so we should move on to development finance. The biggest news in development finance comes from the announcement of the formation of a new development finance provider. Silbury Finance, which is backed by funds managed by Oak Tree Capital Management, will provide bespoke senior development finance solutions for property professionals active in the UK residential, retirement and student accommodation sectors. The lender is targeting up to £3 billion of lending over the next six years with an expected £500 million lending target in 2021. The development finance provider will underrate loans typically in the £10 million to £150 million range with LTVs between 60 and 70%. In other news, Acre Lane Capital has introduced three new development exit finance products to provide a complete offering to suit the varied needs of developers. Acre Lane's free development exit loans include from DPC, from Wind and & Watertight, and also from Practical Completion. Acre Lane's criteria is rates from 0.59% per month, net amount is 70% of on-market value with service interest, or 75% of on-market value with retained. Maturity is up to 18 months and can include individuals or SPV borrowers. The maximum loan size is 15 million and it's residential security only. Ian Wilson, CEO of Acre Lane, believes this product fills the gap between development finance and bridging loans. Last but not least, let's see what's been happening in the residential mortgage market. Currently, within the residential mortgage market, the top three rates are provided by Coventry Building Society in Halifax. The top rate currently sits with Coventry Building Society, which has 1.05 fixed for two years with a £999 product fee. In second place, we also have Coventry Building Society with 1.25 fixed for three years and a £999 product fee and in third place we've got Halifax which has one point two seven fixed for five years with a £1,495 product fee so as you can see Coventry Building Society currently taking the number one and number two spot. In other news around the residential mortgage market the biggest thing on everyone's minds is the stamp duty holiday deadline which is due to come to an end on the 31st of March There is talk of this being extended. However, nothing has currently been released in terms of its specific dates or announcements around us. Now that the boring part is out of the way, let's move on to my mortgage slash property related joke of the update. And I can assure you, this is one of my best yet. It took me a good two to three minutes to come up with this joke. And when I say come up with this joke, I mean, type it into Google. So here we go. What do you call a woman who sets her mortgage documents on fire? Have you got it yet? Well, let me reveal it. Her name is Bernadette. Thank you again, everyone, for your attention and for enduring that terrible joke. And also, Ian, congratulations on the recent announcement. Thank you, everyone. Stay safe. And I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Darren. Some
0: useful nuggets of information there. That's really appreciated. Thanks so much. Right. Now, Robert Jenrick has been in the news again this week, and this time it was to do with the eviction ban which, as you probably know, has been ongoing now for a few months. Jenrick has now announced that this ban is now going to be extended until at least the 21st of February 2021. This is an extended ban on bailiff-enforced evictions for private renters within England and Wales. And Jenrick has said that the ban will be reviewed at or around February the 21st. So what does this actually mean in practice? Well, in reality, what it means is that courts are going to continue to hear cases and orders will be brought against tenants. However, bailiffs will not be allowed to actually go and evict anybody if those tenants refuse to leave. One other alteration has been made at the same time And previously to this week, you had to wait until tenants were nine months in arrears before taking action. This has now been reduced to just six months. And once they are in arrears by six months, you can now proceed to court to actually get those tenants evicted. But as I mentioned a second ago, if the tenants refuse to move, then you are going to need to wait until after February 21st, at least, before the bailiffs can actually evict those tenants. Right, a quick update from our developments. As you may know, um, I actually run a company in conjunction with my business partner, Jonathan Stobbs, called Leading Homes. We have two larger sites that are currently in the build phase. The first of these is a commercial conversion down in South Devon, we have currently converted a former County Council office building into what is currently 22 flats. We have planning permission for another four flats that will become duplex and they will go on one of the wings and we are still trying to get planning permission to go up a couple of floors on the other wing. This should bring our total number of flats on the development to 31. The second planning application has been delayed slightly, um, probably a joint thing between COVID and the local planning officer wanting a bit more information. But in general, she's happy with the proposals. And so we are hoping that we will actually get the get green light on that fairly soon the site does actually have space at the back and we will be looking to put probably half a dozen houses to the rear as to be honest these will not really affect any of the local neighbours due to the screening that is around the site just before i introduce this piece or at the start of it i did actually say we have two sites in build this is because i am very pleased to say after no less than 555 days after we first made the offer, we have now completed on a site up in Westwood Hoe, which is North Devon. And incidentally, it's the only place in the UK with an exclamation mark after its name, and one of only two places in the world that has that. And yes, we have finally completed on this. If you have been following the story over the last few episodes of Property on Fire, You will probably be aware that our investor, thanks to COVID and the fact that he unfortunately caught COVID and was pretty ill, had to pull out of the actual deal. Now he had actually arranged to lend us just over a million pounds and was going to earn 15% per annum for that. And because he pulled out and the fact that we'd put our own money in to actually change on the site, it meant that the vendors then gave a 10-day notice for us to complete towards the end of last year. Of course, that then meant we had to find close on a million pounds at a relatively short notice. Despite finding a bridger who was prepared to lend on it, of course, these things are never as smooth as you would like them to be. Our first hope of getting this completed prior to Christmas came and went. And then, of course, we had a two-week closure, both for banks and solicitors and pretty much everyone else. And once we came back on the 4th of January, we then started to really push again. But despite an awful lot of pushing, it still took another 10 days before we were finally able to complete on the deal. I have to give massive thanks to all those people who were able to lend us some money and I'm sure each and every one of them is going to earn very nicely out of it but this is very much of a win-win situation obviously we won as far as getting ownership of the site and they won as being investors and I hope once we've actually repaid them then they may well be inclined to invest with us once again. The site is a development of 14 bungalows and is actually located right next to England's oldest golf course. To be honest, even though I'm a little bit biased now, I think it is one of the most spectacular places within the Southwest. I probably would to say that, wouldn't I, considering we we now have to market and sell these fourteen bungalows. The good news is that we are already getting inquiries from people that are looking to buy these bungalows, even though we've only just completed and the actual sales of them has not yet begun. If you are an investor and fancy getting involved with either this site down in North Devon in Westwood Ho or one of our other sites, then please do get in touch. You can email investor at or you can reach out to me via the various social media platforms where I'll be more than happy to have a chat with you. On future episodes, I will continue this journey and I will give you regular updates as to the current development and the current progress of the site at Westwood Ho. But you can also see various posts on social media where I'll be sharing videos and photographs of the progress as we go week by week as well. This is Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley and now Ian's Rant. If you've done any form of refurbishment on any property, you have probably experienced this yourself and I'm talking about tradesmen and in particular tradesmen who just can't be bothered actually turn up you might have seen their excellent profile on social media or you may have gone to one of the comparison sites for tradesmen such as checker trade and the others and you have probably made an arrangement for them to come and give you a quote well i know i've experienced this firsthand and i'm sure many of you have as well and that is where they just can't be bothered to turn up. And no, we're not just blaming COVID for this, because this has been going on for years. This is nothing new. They give all the spiel as to how good they are, and how wonderful they are, and how important you are as a client, blah, blah, blah. But can they be asked to actually come? No, they cannot. If by some miracle that they actually turn up, And they walk around with their clipboard and their pen or pencil and they jot down notes. What happens often then? They can't be bothered to put in a quote. Why? Why? If you don't want the business, don't say in the first place you do. Or perhaps they're so inefficient and so incompetent that they can't actually do the job. So may you be, in hindsight... Perhaps it's better that that they haven't actually done it. I mean, if they can't actually give you a quote or turn up to actually give you one, how good are they going to actually be on the job itself? But I tell you what, this doesn't half get my goat. And yeah, it does annoy me. It does annoy me because it's not the service that I would want to give to others. I just want good service from tradesmen. Now, I'm sure there are tradesmen listening who are completely different to that. And if you are, thank you, thank you, thank you, because you are the decent ones. Sadly, as with any industry, there are always the bad apples that let down everyone else. Now, as usual, am I talking just a load of rot? Am I talking rubbish? If you think I am, why not let me know? You can tweet me at PropertyOnFire, Or you can send me an email, ian at propertyonfire.co.uk. I really don't mind. If you think I'm talking a load of rubbish, tell me. I will not be offended. Honest. But if you've got a rant or something that really, really annoys you, then why not let me know as well? Just tweet me at propertyonfire or email me, ian at propertyonfire.co.uk. And maybe next week, I will feature your rant. Right, now I've got that off my chest, um, we're going to have a quick look at Clubhouse. If you've been on Facebook and probably on Twitter over the last month or so, you may well have seen people talking about Clubhouse. If you do not know what it is, then it is a vocal-only social media platform that is currently in beta mode. Now, if you actually go and have a look for the app, Please don't get it confused with the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse app because it is something completely different. Currently it is only available on iOS, so you are going to need an iPhone or an iPad to actually listen in and participate. You can find me on the platform at Ian Wormsley, but as I will never have an iPhone, sorry guys, I will actually always connect via my iPad. In all honesty, it tends to actually become very popular already and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I am the co-host of A Morning Coffee and we actually host this every morning at 7am as regular as clockwork. And I host this in conjunction with Dave, Harry and Julie. And I tell you what, we've had some really good conversations over the last week or so. It has really been very good. I've certainly learned an awful lot and I'm, as a mentor to others, I'm always very keen on people increasing your education. And to be honest, this is like free mentoring. If you've got questions on anything that's property related, then you can join us every morning at 7am. I'm not sure, there aren't many things that we've already spoken about, but to be honest, it hasn't all been property as well. We've we've spoken about health and we've spoken about drones. Okay, the drones were probably a little bit more property related. But yeah, it's been thoroughly, thoroughly interesting. Thank you to everybody who has been on and participated in any one of these episodes. We normally get at least probably, I'm going to say 80 to 100 with every episode or show that we actually do so there are an awful lot of people who we've been able to connect with but feel free to connect with me on clubhouse just look for my name in warmsley and you can actually follow me within the platform i've always usually got one or two invites as well spare so if you are looking for an invite to get onto to clubhouse then please drop me a line or tweet me at propertyonfire and I'll be more than pleased to help you out. A massive thank you to Darren Dow for giving us our monthly update on the financial markets. And if I can help you in your property journey in 2021, then do please get in touch. Keep safe and we'll chat again next Tuesday. Have a wonderful week. Property on Fire with Ian Walmsley. Please use your podcast app to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And if you'd like a question answered on a future episode, email Ian at propertyonfire.co.uk.